Welcome to Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach with Mark Gellard and Candy Reid. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach. It's been a few weeks so we do apologise for that. Life sometimes gets in the way as well as travelling for tennis. In this edition we talk about the Elite Trophy in Zhuhai which Magda did manage to qualify for. We'll talk about the WTA finale in Cancun and also why Mark thinks that WTA players change their coaches more than ATP players. It's a financial thing and something that I hadn't recognised before. Hope you enjoy. Mark and Candy on Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach. I'm afraid it's been a few weeks, Mark, because we've both been in different locations, particularly you. And you've got some big news because our last podcast Magda was on the periphery of uh, qualifying for the race to Zuhai, which is the elite trophy for players ranked between 9 and 20. And you can tell us that she made it and what happened. Hey, Candy. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, uh, we were fighting for Zuhai for the elite trophy. And um, in Magda's own words, we the task of, of qualifying was failed successfully so we <laughs> we kind of limp, limped over the finish line the last couple of weeks did not go as planned but luckily for us we'd done enough throughout the year and uh, the players that could have could have overtaken us didn't um so we were able to get into the tournament which was a real huge achievement for for her yeah the fact mark that she finished in the running for the elite trophy again it's for players ranked 9 to 20th in the world you must be so pleased I'm real proud of her and happy for her because, you know, after Australia, we were ranked 23 and uh, we moved up to 19 for a while. And then we, we fast forward to now to the end of the season. Her current ranking this week is 23. Mm. So she, she maintained, which was really a testament to her consistency throughout the year, because obviously the pinnacle of the year was was early on in Australia making the semifinals. But it's she's backed it up which was really important um, that we took advantage of that good result. And she she really maximized her, her opportunities. Um, obviously, there's places we would, would have liked to have done more, but I was really pleased for her. And we got in. Uh, we didn't really bring our level of tennis that we needed and lost uh, to Barbara Krejcikova and Derek Kasekina in um, straight sets in both of them. So it wasn't our best tennis, which was disappointing. But overall, I have to, you know, sort of zoom out a little bit, look at the season um, and take the positives and, and build on that um, for next year. Not an easy group. Those two names, they've both been top 10 players. We know Kujikova, uh, a major champion. Kazakina has been a stalwart, hasn't re- she really, of the top 10 for a long time? She really has. I mean, I was talking with Ian before the draw came out when we first arrived in Zhuhai going through the list, and I just looked at it. I, it doesn't even matter what the draw is because there is no easy matches here mm. because you're playing 9 to 20 ranked players. So... Um, there was nothing really easy. Um, maybe some matchups better than others, but I think at the at the if if I'm honest, where we were at, it was always going to be tough. We'd given so much to get there that our tank was quite empty at that phase. But you know, it was uh, yeah, it was an, it was a really nice thing to be part of, especially as it's the last year of that event that they're going to have. And tell us about uh, the location, Zuhai, uh, the court situation, because obviously there's some controversy right now in Cancun. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But how was Zuhai? I cannot say a bad thing. I thought it was a fantastic tournament. We we arrived, um, you know, it, it was just the, the 
The services were fantastic. I mean, the facility there is outstanding. Center court has got a roof. Mm. And then you have about six outdoor courts that we had access to that all have covers over the top of them. So they're not indoor courts, but they've got a cover, which, you know, obviously stops the rain and the hot sun there. Hitting partners available, great gym. And then the, the hotel was a wellness retreat. So it was just fantastic where the girls had access to a whole plethora of of um facilities everything from they had a cinema set up for our private viewing um personalized wta menu in the restaurant at the hotel uh spa with you know all the all the all the trimmings um and then access for them to use it they had every they even had things like x-ray machines mris hyperbaric chambers all of this kind of equipment at the hotel because it is a wellness retreat usually for sort of i think ceos and wealthy mm. people so it was just outstanding tournament the way we were treated and a real pleasure to be part of it oh sounds gorgeous tell me a little bit about the sort of opening ceremony draw ceremony because we saw some really lovely pictures Mag- magda looked fantastic yeah so they had a, a I, I we didn't go to the draw ceremony i can't remember who did that but um one of the players was was assigned the that responsibility to be at the draw ceremony but then they had a really nice player party um on the evening the monday evening before matches started on tuesday where they just had a really big um lot of paparazzi and um journalists there taking pictures and all of that stuff so it was real fun for the girls and they were really treated like royalty which they all deserve to be for what they've done to get there i mean they're all they've all earned that position and that opportunity so i mean i can't say enough good things about the entire asian trip and for us it's more specifically to china because we never actually went to any of the other countries but the way the, the tournaments were run was fantastic and i i just i, I think it's uh a real feather in the cap for the WTA having those events. Oh, I'm sure they'll be glad to hear that because they're facing some criticism right now. Um, just quickly, looking back at Magda's year, which isn't finished because she's got Billie Jean King Cup finals representing Poland. But um, just looking back, would the highlight be the semi-finals of the Australian Open? And if so, did she get anywhere close to reaching that level in the rest of the year, would you say? It's funny because after we finished our last match in Zhuhai, we did have a, a small... Uh, I, I don't want to say celebration because we were all disappointed, but we had dinner. We discussed very briefly before Magda and I went on flights and Ian got on flights to different places. Um, yeah, the, the, the semi-final of Australia will probably be, it was definitely the highlight of the year and probably will end up being the highlight of her career. Because even if she does equal that or better it, you know, I think the first time is always special. Um, but for me... Uh, probably just, you know, I said to Magda and Ian, well, what what moment in there? And they both came up with different matches, whether it was the quarterfinal. For me, it was the third round against Alexandrova, just because it was the first time we'd ever mm. won a third round. We'd never been to a fourth round. So for me, that was the big one. Um, and obviously I had a big respect for her because she's such a good player and really nice girl as well. So it was a really, um, a really nice win for us. Um, but throughout the year, I actually think she's playing better tennis in the last month than she was in Australia. I think she's a better player now. I, I think she's more tired. I don't think she's as good a competitor right now as she was in Australia. But as a tennis player, she's definitely better than she was eight, nine months ago. Oh, that's great. So uh, high hopes and perhaps for the rest of the year after a good rest and for 2024. Just give us your ideas, Mark, on Cancun right now, because we've got the world's top eight players with Maria Sakkari coming in as a replacement for Mukova. Um, but there's been a lot of criticism, hasn't there? Because the court has just been built. 
the tournament, the year ender was meant to be in China. That didn't happen. So Cancun agreed to take on the role. And obviously things were uh, put to the last minute. But there has been an awful lot of criticism. Is it is it warranted? For me, I think it's, I, you know, there's so many moving parts to this. But for me, obviously, there's always things that the WTA could do better. I'm not there. I can't speak about all the small things that are happening. But the, the you have to look at the, the micro and the macro part of it because the reason that, you know, a lot of players were advocating for this to be held in Ostrava. The problem was uh, is that uh, Ostrava couldn't guarantee that all of the players were going to be allowed to enter the country. Mm. Tip, you know, primarily the main concern would be Sabalenka. I, might, I don't think I'm missing any other Belarusians or Russians. Right. They, they couldn't guarantee that she was going to get into the event. And there's some doubles players in there as well. Yes. So that 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 has to be taken off the cards because if that happened and that one of their players in the top eight didn't get into the country, could you imagine the backlash? Mm. The fines the WTA would have to have paid. So yep. for me, Cancun was a, is a fantastic location. Mexico is a, t- a tennis crazy country. And the prize money was, I think, $3 million more than what Ostrava were going to provide. Okay. So for me, I think that they can suck up a little bit you know, some of their complaints maybe about the court not being as perfect as they want or this or that. I think sometimes these players need to take some of their money and buy some perspective a little bit um, <laughs> and stop looking at what they don't have always rather than what they do have. Well, the WTA we know isn't in a particularly great financial place. And we also know that the lower ranked players probably do need a bit more money. So it always makes you wonder when the top players are asking for more whether that's actually a good thing. It seems like there might be a little bit too much greed there. Yeah, I have, you know, we should, that that could be a whole show in itself. But for me, the, the, the WTA's financial situation is, is misconstrued in the media. It's, Mm. it's a completely different setup to the ATP. For example, very simple example is this, is that the ATP owns 50% of their tournaments. So they have an investment, a stake in every event that's held. The WTA don't own their events other than the year-end tournament. So if you or I wanted, we could buy a WTA event. You have to buy a license. You have to buy the week in the calendar of the year to run that event. But then you own it. And the WTA makes their money by sort of almost franchising that that license to you for that period of time. So it's a completely different business model. Now, I'm not saying it's better or it's, or it's worse, but it's different. Yes. Um, and I have many different things that I don't like on the tour. I think there's a lot of things that need to be done better. I don't understand a lot of things. But also, let's not forget that female tennis or tennis is the highest paid female sport in the world by a mile. Yes. So they, they're doing something right. And, you know, things, ty- things take time to change. So I think I also don't think, though, on the flip side of that, that it, for me, the players that are ranked lower that are complaining that they don't get enough money, I don't necessarily sympathize with them as much because I want to know what value they believe they're bringing to the tour. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, bottom line is, is that you, you have to bring a value to the tour. And if you go and watch a lot of these WTA events, there's nobody watching. People aren't interested in watching a girl ranked 140 play a girl ranked 180. It's right. just not 
it, that's the reality. Now I'm not saying it's good or it's bad. I'm just saying that's the reality. Yeah, that's the so market telling you what what it's worth. The market is the de- is the deciding factor in all of this. Now, at some point, I don't think that women should be trying to get equal money to men. I think women should be trying to get their get paid what they're worth because when you say you should be getting paid the same as men, you're handicapping yourself because in 10 years time, maybe the market changes and says that actually we like women's tennis more than men's tennis. Yes. So what happens when the demand for women's tennis becomes more than the men's? Does that mean we can't take more than them because you want equal? No, you should be advocating for what is your worth Mm. and trying to get as much as you can, not trying to constantly fight for equality with the men, because I think that's not smart Mm. long term. It's a different way of looking at it, and I haven't heard that before. I like that. Um, Coco Golf has come out with some news that Pera Reba, her coach, has left, and it wasn't her choice, apparently. Are you surprised by that, given how well she's done at the US Open and how well she's currently doing in Cancun? Um, Surprised? um, Yes, I didn't. Obviously, when someone has such a good run of results like she does, it's always... I say surprising but disappointing, I suppose, for everyone when the, when that that team is no longer together. But not, I, I don't want to say uh, surprised and not surprised because in tennis things change mm-hmm. so changeable. Um, and you know it could have been uh, there's a myriad factors that could have contributed to that um, that ending of the relationship. Whether it was a financial issue, whether it was personality, maybe he had some off-court issues, personal issues. There's so many things it could be. I, don't, I can't speculate on what it is, but um, if it's not her decision, um, I'm sure she's not going to have a difficult time finding somebody else to right. come in and work with her. Um, and, you know, so many times, you know, players fire the coach. Sometimes the coach has to do what's best for them as well. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's his career as well. It's not just her career. It's his career. So yeah, that's a good point. He has to do what's best for him. And it's not easy, is it, to work also as a tandem, him with Brad Gilbert, because they're from different countries, different thought processes, different cultures. And and that's got to be another equation that uh, it's difficult. But I do think that the women overall do change coaches too much, whether it be their decision or not. Just having spent a 500-level event in Basel this last week, I was speaking quite a lot with Freddie Fontang, who's Felix Auger-Aliassime's coach and Felix has had a pretty rough year, mainly due to a knee injury. And of course, a lot of criticism has come his way because the results haven't been great. And people are saying, oh, he's fallen away. He's not as good. He's never going to be where he was. But actually, if you have a, a bad knee injury, it takes time. You can probably attest to any injury. It takes time to get back to the same level, then build up the confidence and then do it week in, week out, doesn't it? But uh, he's been criticised, perhaps, perhaps staying with the same coach. But now he's just won a tournament and he's finally healthy again. So I do think it's nice to have some consistency. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top. And I think he's such a good player that he's going to find his way eventually. And you're going to go through ups and downs. And the margins are so small. He is not playing that much worse than he was a year ago. Mm. It, and, and in tennis, you know, you 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 can the confidence is such a difficult thing to get and an easy thing to lose. Soon as I saw with Magda this year, we had a little injury there sort of on the clay that led into the grass. When it's an injury that affects your movement, especially for someone as like Felix that moves that well, it affects your confidence, your mentality. You start squeezing the racket a little bit tighter, thinking you have to do a little bit more. Um, so, so it changes a lot of things. And 
as a spectator, you're not going to know about all those things and necessarily see them. Um, going back to the point about, I agree. I think that there is too much coach changes. I, I, I agree. But I wonder if part of that, that is, for example, um, you know, a few weeks ago when Magda made the final in Guangzhou at the 250 event, her prize money for the final of that 250 event was $19,000. Mm-hmm. The same week in Chengdu, the men's finalist lost same level 250 event. He lost in the final, same as we did. He picked up $130,000. Oh. Okay, the winner picked up one hundred and eighty. That's the winner of our event, uh, CU, that beat us. She picked up 35, right? So, yeah. again, let's just say we picked up 19 the same week, the same level event, the men's uh, finalist picked up 130. So, as a player, if you're not getting the results on the women's side, you don't have as much cushion because that week, mm. after Magda's paid the flights for herself, me and Ian, the rooms for the three of us, the food, the visa fees, all of those expenses, then she gets taxed on that. Making mm. final, she's picking up $7,000. Crikey. And that's, so So now you understand that maybe in some ways there's a little bit more pressure on the women's side. The need to change when things aren't working is a little bit more urgent. They don't have so much time to figure out if this is working or not. If they feel it's not working, they're not going to wait another month or two to pull the trigger on changing things because financially they don't have that luxury like the men do. What an excellent I'm spe- answer. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. speculating, but that's a, a, a feeling that I have about this. I think yeah. that creates uh, uneasiness and, and the need to change uh, a little bit quicker. No, I think that's a really great point of view and i think that will have people actually thinking a little bit more really good mark thank you for that you and, see Kelly, uh, i think so much clearer when i'm not having to be on a tennis court every day stressed mm-hmm. at these events my my head's clearer i come up with one good answer in this this podcast now, you know? <laughs> one a week well i think that was two at least today oh, two a week fire. wow on New fire record. and just yeah. lastly mark um magda's obviously got billy jean king cup uh what's next for you so um, Magda is going to start her training tomorrow in Warsaw with the team. They'll meet there, get a couple of days practice in before heading to Sevilla in Spain on, I think they're going to head out sort of on the weekend, uh, okay. maybe Sunday or Monday at the latest. And then they'll start their, their couple of days, their practice. And then they have their group stage is going to be against Spain, which will be Paula Bedosa, Sarah Cerebes Tormo, yeah. Uh, Masarova, yeah. a couple yeah. others that may jump in as well. And then um, Canada will be their other opposition, which will be Leila Fernandez and Bianca Andrescu. And then, of course, they have Gabby Dabrowski for double. So, a very yes. tough yeah. group. Yeah. Um, but she'll be there playing number one uh, with Magda Freck playing number two. Um, and then they'll have Kasia Kava and um, I'm forgetting the Valerie, last. Uh, is it Wallery? Uh, they're going to have uh, Falkowska. Yes, yeah, Falkowska. Falkowska. Veronica Falkowska there as well. I should have remembered that. So they have a nice team, but it's going to be a difficult ask um, these few days. So um, I hope that she can gather some strength in this last push mm-hmm. here because I, I have to say I have a big respect for Magdam for all these girls because for me now, as of this week, the last couple of days, my season is over. Um, so I start my couple of weeks of resting, get back to Florida, maybe get on court with some juniors for a few weeks before Magda starts her training. But the length of this season for these girls is incredible. And it's a testament to their, 
work ethic and training that they can And we'll talk about um, the pre-season perhaps in our next podcast and an awful lot more. Uh, I think that will do it for now, Mark. We've been through a few topics. Go and rest up. Um, Enjoy England with your family and we'll catch you again soon. Thanks a lot, Candy. Thanks everyone for listening.